from the All Indiana Podcast Network. This is the News 8 Daily 8. Now the latest news. Kylie Conway has the latest news. The top headlines. News you can use. Please stand by. Sponsored by LCS Heating and Cooling. Now, now, here's Wish TV's Kylie Conway. Hi, this is Kylie Conway, and this is the News 8 Daily 8 for Wednesday, January 27th. Another mostly cloudy day today with some chances for snow showers this afternoon. Best snow chances will be south of I-70. Temps will reach the mid-30s. COVID-19 is the focus in Washington and at the Indiana State House. We'll hear new information today from Governor Holcomb and the State Health Department. Uh, it will update the requirements for each county's response. In Washington, today for the first time, we'll hear from President Biden's coronavirus task force. Biden says updates will be far more frequent and that communication with states will be better. Until now, we've had to guess how much vaccine to expect uh, for the next week, and that's what the governors had to do. How much am I getting next week? This is unacceptable. As far as locally in Indiana, Governor Holcomb will give his weekly COVID-19 update today at 2.30, and that could include how Indiana is impacted by the president's new vaccine plan. The state health department will also update the county response requirements today at noon. They're telling people to pay attention because it could change your local health department plans on slowing the spread of COVID-19. Under Holcomb's current order, county officials are not allowed to grant permission for large events until at least January 31st. Right now, most counties are in orange or red, meaning their positivity rates are above 10 to 15 percent. Still, at least one Indiana Republican lawmaker says it's not the government's role to place limits on businesses, private schools or churches, even during a pandemic. He introduced a bill to fight the state and local health department's coronavirus restrictions. Here's Republican State Representative Rob Morris and then hear from Democratic Rep Rita Fleming. And I don't feel that that government should limit the, the occupancy of of a restaurant or an establishment that the business owner can make those decisions. For this period of time to um, abandon these safeguards is, is very unwise, sir. Lawmakers did not vote on the bill. It's not scheduled to go in front of lawmakers again just yet. As for the governor's briefing, you can watch that live on our website, wishtv.com, this afternoon. And today there will be a briefing from President Biden's coronavirus task force. It will be the first public appearance for the group as a team. The White House says the task force will offer three briefings a week and that the president will not be a regular part of the briefings to leave the information to the experts. And Biden's mass vaccination plan is an enormous effort to vaccinate 300 million Americans, something we've been hearing him call a wartime undertaking. It starts with a big purchase. The Biden administration will buy 100 million vaccines from Pfizer and 100 million from Moderna. They're not ready yet, but they should be by the summer. The goal is to offer a vaccine to almost every adult in the United States by late summer or early fall. In the meantime, the president is sending more vaccines to each state, increasing vaccinations by about 16 percent starting next week. Here's Biden and then New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. The end goal is to beat COVID-19. And the way we do that is to get more people vaccinated. Great. It's great, great news. Uh, from a governor's point of view, uh, you know, I say amen, Wolf. Uh, we've been dealing with this COVID. It seems like a lifetime. The federal government never really uh, accepted responsibility. Cuomo is one very confident in Biden's plan. Other governors and state leaders are concerned the plan isn't ambitious enough, especially considering the new COVID-19 variants spreading around the world. The vaccine should still prevent those infections, but you can't show up to get your vaccine if you're feeling sick that day. They say Biden needs a more robust effort to reach all Americans. As far as the latest numbers, nearly 23 million Americans have one dose and 3.3 million are fully vaccinated. 
In Indiana, 460,000 have one dose, with 107,000 receiving their second dose to be fully vaccinated. And firefighters are part of the vaccine effort in Fishers. The city's fire department announced it will vaccinate around 300 people in nursing homes and through the department's community paramedicine program. That program reaches people older than 70 who are medically homebound and simply cannot get to a vaccination site. And the CDC is encouraging more in-person learning as long as the proper safety steps are in place. In a paper published in the new edition of the Journal of the American Medical Association, CDC researchers reported that schools are not seeing the kind of spread found in crowded offices and long-term care facilities. A study from a weekly CDC report says students may be following mask and social distance rules better than people in other indoor environments because classrooms and lunchrooms are monitored. Eli Lilly and Company says its antibody cocktail can help keep coronavirus patients out of the hospital. The Indianapolis-based company shared results from its late-stage study yesterday. Lilly researchers found the combination of its two antibody drugs reduced the risk of hospitalization by 70%. Lilly says no one who received the cocktail died. There were eight deaths among patients who got the placebo. Lilly's chief scientific officer also says the cocktail is effective against all strains of the virus in the United States. A virtual town hall on vaccines happens tonight. The Hamilton County Health Department is hosting the event at 6.30. Officials will answer questions about the shot, who can get it, and share advice on getting an appointment. The health department says its clinic is booked through February. We got a post. We have a link for you to find all the information about that town hall on our website. Federal prosecutors have charged 150 people in connection to the Capitol Hill riot. Washington, D.C.'s top prosecutor shared the updates in the case yesterday. He says investigators have used 500 grand jury subpoenas and search warrants to get information. He also says the Department of Justice investigation now involves more than 400 people and that some could face charges of sedition. You're talking 20-year felonies with enhancements. You're looking at significant time in federal prison. Yes, we are working on those cases, and I think the results will bear fruit very soon. That was Michael Sherwin there. Now, the FBI is still searching for whoever planted pipe bombs outside of the Republican and Democratic Party headquarters there in Washington. The agency is offering a $75,000 reward. And two central Indiana men are among those accused of entering the Capitol during the insurrection. Investigators say Joshua Wagner and Israel Tutrow drove together from Indiana to Washington, D.C. to attend the Trump rally three weeks ago. Wagner's from Greenwood. He surrendered to authorities yesterday. Police are still searching for Tutrow. His last known address is in Greenfield. They face federal charges for entering a restricted building and disruptive conduct. And this morning, we're getting an idea of how senators will approach former President Trump's impeachment trial. The Senate tabled an effort to force a vote on the constitutionality of the trial. A 55 to 45 vote killed the motion. Five Republicans joined all Democrats. At least 17 Republicans would need to cross the aisle to convict Trump. Now, this move shows there may not be enough Republican opposition. Here's Senator Rand Paul. And are we going to put every politician in jail? Are we going to impeach every politician who has used the words fight figuratively in a speech? Trump is charged with incitement of insurrection. That impeachment trial will start next month. And President Biden is poised to sign more executive orders, this time focusing on climate change today. Biden wants to uh, issue a national security priority. He's also reestablishing the president's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. Biden has said he wants the panel to lead with science and truth. 
And the White House is releasing details about the first call between Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin. During a phone call yesterday, a White House official says Biden confronted Putin about several issues, including a massive Russian cyber attack on several U.S. agencies. Biden has ordered an administration-wide review of issues related to Russia and says he could use those findings to impose new regulations. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This December, we were supposed to be in New York for her 25th birthday for the ball drop. And so, I mean, it's just been one thing, after one hit after another. To Indianapolis now, the mother of fallen IMPD officer Brianne Leith is speaking out for the first time after prosecutors announced the plan to seek the death penalty for the man accused of killing her. Jennifer Leith says the family was part of that process. She says the choice wasn't easy, but that the family feels a death sentence is most appropriate. She says the family has spent the past several months reflecting on their loss. Officer Leith was shot to death last April as she and other officers dealt with a call of a disturbance at an apartment complex on the east side. It was near 465 and I-70. Here, her mom talks to us about the suspect. It's really not fair that you get three square meals a day and you get to talk to your family and you get to, I don't know if he's got kids or, you know, I really don't know a lot about him, uh, but he gets to do all those things. Even if he's in jail, he still gets to do all those things. Elias Dorsey is charged with murder and attempted murder. And today there is an event to recruit new teachers from historically black colleges and universities. The Educate Me Foundation is hosting it. Organizers want to let future teachers meet leaders from schools in the area to develop relationships that could lead to jobs in the classroom here. The students are able to not only see someone that looks like them, but also they're able to see the impact that their teacher makes, and then it encourages them to make that same impact as they grow and learn. School districts from all over Marion County will be there. It starts at 11 o'clock this morning. And Indiana lawmakers are eyeing tougher penalties for a common crime, the theft of catalytic converters from vehicles. A new Indiana Senate bill would make the crime a felony. The law now requires the value of a theft to be at least $750 to make it a felony. But some lawmakers argue if you don't know how to put a part in and replace it yourself, the whole process could cost more than $1,000. So the Senate bill would also add bigger penalties for people with prior convictions. The bill is expected to get a second reading this week or maybe next.
And now to business headlines. A broadband internet outage triggered by a surge in traffic hit a wide swath of the eastern U.S. Tuesday, causing headaches for work-from-home users of services like Zoom and Google. Complaints centered on Verizon, which acknowledged the difficulties. It wasn't a cybersecurity issue, according to people who spoke to Bloomberg. Pfizer will be able to supply the U.S. with 200 million COVID-19 vaccine doses by the end of May. That's two months sooner than previously expected. The CEO of the company says there is a chance in the vaccine's label that allows the healthcare providers to extract an additional dose from each vial. President Biden also said the federal government will be increasing the number of doses shipped to states from 8.6 million doses a week to 10 million a week for the next three weeks. The value of America's top-tier malls is crumbling. Real estate analytics from Green Street estimates the values have tumbled about 45 percent from 2016 levels. The biggest U.S. mall owner, Simon Property Group, based here in Indianapolis, holds a substantial portion of the A-rated malls. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Index showed some home prices climbed 9 percent in the past year. Most home prices, that's the average, that's the most since 2014. Historically low mortgage rates continue to fuel the booming housing market. And Pizza Hut is launching a new Detroit-style pizza. I'm seeing this pop up a lot in different places. It ditches the traditional round shape for a rectangular crust with cheese to the edges. It's got this, like, crunchy Parmesan cheese crust. It's popular in uh, the Michigan city. It's Pizza Hut's second major product launch this month as the pandemic-era pizza wars show a few signs of slowing down. I know I just had my first Detroit-style pizza on Friday, so the timing of this is uncanny for me personally. I got it from a new local restaurant. It's in the Meridian Kessler area, and it's called Sam's Square Pizza. It was phenomenal. It just launched. They're kind of in that pre-launch, pre-order phase, but any day this week, they're going to have a live link where you can order online, and I will be the first to tell you it was amazing, and it's a great way to try out this Detroit-style pizza from a local shop. And uh, streetside dining could actually be coming back to Indianapolis, some of the hot spots here, at least, in a new effort to help restaurants survive and thrive. It would be a repeat of last year's Dine Out program uh, for this year's March Madness. Right now, the plan is still being discussed between NDDPW and the mayor's office how to pull this off. If approved, barricades will be back up and street parking along Broad Ripple Avenue uh, will be used for temporary outdoor seating. We're also talking about Mass Ave here and Georgia Street, same thing. So it lasted through Labor Day weekend, and uh, many in the business community say it was a success. Indoor dining right now stays at 50% capacity for restaurants in Marion County. But restaurants can serve a maximum capacity for outdoor seating with social distancing measures in place. There's been a survey created for businesses to share their opinions on the proposed plan. The manager at Condado Tacos in Broad Ripple uh, tells, uh, says that the dine-out program would be very beneficial to the business community. And we never stopped opting in because if there was one day that was going to be warm, we were going to get our patio back out. So any day that is available that's warm, warm enough at least, we're going to do it. We invested a lot of money in patio furniture, heaters. We want to be able to utilize that equipment because we spent money on it. NDDPW says if the right-of-way does close to outdoor seating, there's a good chance it will continue through the summer or fall. It would also take effect again for Mass Ave and Georgia Street. And a woman killed in a tour bus crash near the Grand Canyon in Arizona was actually from Indiana, from Boonville, near Evansville. According to deputies, Shelley Vogues died last Friday when a tour bus carrying close to 50 passengers rolled over. Las Vegas company that uses comedians to guide the tours operated the bus. Sheriff's deputies say two people had severe injuries. More than 40 others were treated for minor injuries.
And the city of Muncie is buying 53 acres of land to build a solar field. It's the old General Motors property on West 8th Street. The city's mayor hopes the deal will make Muncie a regional leader in embracing renewable energy. He also hopes it will attract businesses that are focused on sustainability. And finally, to sports, the Pacers' newest member is out of cancer surgery and recovering. The Pacers say Karis LeVert's operation was a success. Doctors removed a mass from his kidney on Monday and say he needs no further treatment. It's, it's amazing. LeVert only found out about the problem through the physical that the Pacers gave him to complete a blockbuster trade that sent Victor Oladipo to Houston. The Pacers say he shouldn't need any additional treatment so far. There is no timeline for LeVert's return to basketball. And the Pacers and many others around the NBA are sharing fond memories of Sekou Smith. The league says he died Tuesday from complications of COVID-19. Smith covered the Pacers' beat here in Indianapolis before going on to national recognition for his writing and broadcasting work. In a statement posted on Twitter, Pacers say Smith's outgoing personality was as genuine as his professionalism. Pacers play-by-play announcer Mark Boyle echoed that sentiment and went on to write, Knowing Smith somehow made you feel better about yourself. A great man. Sekou Smith was 48 years old. The Colts' new offensive coordinator says he's ready to get to work. We're hearing from Marcus Brady for the first time since he was promoted from quarterback coach. Brady has been with the Colts for four years. He says he's excited for the new gig. And just an aside, Brady is just the third black offensive coordinator in the entire NFL. You know, the lack of minorities, you know, getting these opportunities. I understand that I got to go out there and do a great job, you know. Um, It is my responsibility that given this opportunity to go out there and produce so that others, you know, get the same opportunities that, that I've been blessed with here. Before any involvement in the NFL, Brady started his career with a 16-year stint in the Canadian Football League. And Wish TV sports director Anthony Calhoun is gearing up to head to Florida for Super Bowl 55. We'll have live reports starting Sunday evening from behind the scenes there in Tampa. You can watch those reports live on Wish TV News 8. This has been your News 8 Daily 8 for Wish TV. I'm Kylie Conway online at wishtv.com and follow us on Facebook when you search Wish TV. The News 8 Daily 8 is sponsored by LCS Heating and Cooling. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast on News 8 Daily 8 with Kylie Conway. And be sure to discover even more great podcasts now, now. at allindianapodcastnetwork.com.